Hello and welcome to Small Publishing in a Big Universe. I am your host, L.A. Jacob. Coming up, we have part two of our interview with Stephen Radecki, the managing editor of Paper Angel Press. Coming soon from our sponsors. The Dragon Gem from Water Dragon Publishing this month is Cinera by author Jay Dark. If you enjoyed the Glass Bottle series, you'll enjoy revisiting the magic of that world with Cinera. Water Dragon Publishing has a new set of audiobooks available. An unlikely hero saves Anne from a date gone horribly wrong, introducing her to a world of technology she never imagined. And, for the first time, a chance at true happiness. Her fairy tale crumbles when a rising vampire plague threatens her at every turn. To have any hope of surviving, Anne must push beyond the adolescent trauma that ruined her life and fight back with the help of an eclectic group of extraordinary individuals dwelling in a lonely factory deep in the heart of San Francisco, whose secrets are as shocking and dark as the vampires themselves. Angels in the Mist, part one of the Z-Tech Chronicles. Now available in audio editions, listen to the alternate setting of San Francisco, where Silicon Valley fights with all the science and technology it has against an ancient evil. Angels in the Mist and Once Upon a Nightwalker a story set in the same alternate world, are written by Ryan Southwick and read for you by Dana Ganico. Published by Water Dragon Publishing and available in audio editions from Audible, Amazon, and Apple iTunes. Today's guest is Stephen Verdecki, the managing editor of Paper Angel Press. In part two of our interview, we discuss what authors should expect from his publishing company and a bit about marketing and promotion. If you would like to participate in our future Ask the Publisher podcasts, go to spbu-podcast.com and click on the Ask Us link at the top. The author, though, is responsible for getting this stuff out to readers. For the most part, we will assist them in any way we can. But it also kind of depends on the the event, the location. I can't be in Kansas City, for example. The author can be. So we can provide them with everything they need to be there. And we promote everybody's books on our website, our social media. And if we are at an event where that genre is represented we have their books there we talk them up so that was my other question is that you basically do not cut them loose once you publish it it's okay here's your book and goodbye we have a fairly regular posting schedule for social media that varies depending on whether there's a current book out that we're we're promoting but when there is no book, we have Meet Our Authors Monday, and we'll, we'll cycle through the authors. And then we'll have Free Fiction Fridays for authors who have short work, and that we cycle through those. And then the other days of the week, each imprint has a different day. We just go through the catalog each week and, and promote you know a different book. 
it, again, it may vary depending on other events. Like it's National Young Wizard Week. So that week we may do the Grimalkin books, even though we had just done them the previous month because it kind of fits in with the theme. If today was Mermaid Day, we would promote Mermaid Steel as our catalog grows as it has over the particular the last two years, a particular author's book is going to come up less frequently. But there are other things that we may also do that are out of that cycle to help promote their book, again, based on some event or some promotion that's going on. Well, the next question is actually, what happens right after you sign an author? One of the things that we'll post on our, our blog and social media, imprint, whichever one it is, welcomes mm -hmm. author, whoever it is. So that right out the gate, we're starting to build interest in the author and their book. Even if their book isn't coming out for six to nine months, we're right. starting to build some momentum from day one on. Then from that point, we set a, a targeted publication date for the author's book. We try to do it no further than six months out from their submission date, because part of our goal or our business philosophy, for lack of a better term, is that no. traditional publishing takes way too long. If you sign with one of the big houses, it'll be a year or two before your book ever sees print, as it were. Mm -hmm. That's a long time to wait. <laughs> I mean, there are business reasons why that happens, but the reality is that's just, it, it takes too long. So we try to get a book out within six months of the submission okay. date if we can. I mean, there's other factors that go into that, but the press release announcement, we've signed the author and start building that interest. And we work with the author on working, as I talked about before, about developing a tagline and summaries for the book so that we can mm -hmm. get those on the website as coming soon. And then we start discussing with the author because some authors come into it with very clear and specific ideas. Oh, I want the cover to look like X. Yes. And then we can get that process started. And some there's like, wow, I never really thought about it because and then that's a whole other set of discussion. But right. we try to get that going as early as possible because so much of the promotional material that we want to develop is based on the cover designs because we want to use yes. those fonts and those palettes and, and so on and so forth. In general, the cover, at least the front cover, gets developed fairly early in the cycle, possibly even earlier than they get for the first round of edits from us, <laughs> depending on how quickly it comes together. Okay. Some of them come together very, very quickly, and some of them, they take a little bit longer. Once it's been signed and we have the Summerina tagline, it becomes listed on the website as coming soon, and we'll post the cover as soon as it becomes available, but all that information is there. So the authors can start pointing to it. Hey, look, mm -hmm. they listed my book. They can start doing that. And then we could start the process. There's usually at least two editorial rounds. So the author will get a set of suggestions and editorial changes from us. They get a chance to go through and review that. And we have discussions. So I'm assuming you being the editor, you're not like the final end and be all like you have to make these changes or I will not publish this book. We have been fortunate yeah. that we've not run into that. Without going into too much detail, my editorial process is basically twofold. There's here are the edits I really, really think you should make. Those tend to be punctuation changes, word choice changes, structural changes. The other ones might be a comment. It might be interesting to add a description of the book here, or you may want to describe their reaction to this or something where it's just like, you may want to think about this, or here might be an alternate way of phrasing what you've said. Part of my goal is... I tend to try to take a very light touch in terms of the author's voice. We want to maintain that. We want to make sure that persists to the final product because that's part of what makes each book unique is the author's voice. What do you really enjoy about operating the press? So there's really two parts to that answer. One is I get a 
meet a bunch of really cool people because <laughs> the authors that we have signed are just amazing, creative people. And getting those different perspectives and ideas is wonderful. I enjoy the heck out of it. And it also exposes me to genres that I might not otherwise read. And that's good for me <laughs> because it broadens yes, my horizons broad a little bit. But it's dealing with the authors and leading to the second part of the answer is helping these authors realize their dream of being a published author, doing it as we talk about quickly. And part of that is also telling your friends and family for two years, yes, my book is coming out real soon. <laughs> <laughs> gets kind of old, right? People, <laughs> yeah. I would think people stop believing you because it's it's not on Amazon yet. You made it up. <laughs> That's one of the really cool parts about it is allowing these other authors to achieve their dream and be able to add published before the word author in their name. What are some of the positive things that are happening with the press and its imprint? I'm going to have to go with the most positive thing that has happened is we've signed new authors this year which is kind of exciting because we were kind of for a while there we were kind of looping through the same one. Not that their work isn't great or anything. It was from a promotional standpoint, it was also limiting us to just those geographic areas. And this okay. is finally guiding us an opportunity to have authors in some other areas where we can start getting some appearances. That's probably the most positive thing that I can say at this point, because most of it has been primarily, I'm going to say challenging. The <laughs> pandemic has not been kind to small business. For any independent author or small publisher, the bulk of your awareness, the bulk of your sales are going to happen at events. They're going to happen at conventions. They're going to happen right. at local fairs. They're going to end of local book signing because okay. on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, any place, you're just one of tens of thousands of other books that are getting published every month. And it's hard to kind of rise above that particularly with yep. the money that the big publishers are spending to tout the latest Stephen King. We're going into our second year where there have been no in-person conventions and local festivals Events. and whatever have been canceled. Right. And there just has been no opportunity to get there in front of people. We've done pretty well when we've gone to Worldcon and we've gone to BayCon. And there's always a ripple effect, even from those. You get not just a promotion, but you also get the awareness. Because even if they don't buy them from you there, they go back or they tell their friends or they buy them on Amazon and we'll still take their money. Other thing is that we also would raise awareness around authors at these events because they would come see us, they would come to our booths and they would chat us up. So a number of authors are ones that met us first at Worldcon or Baycon and said, hey, they seem like kind of neat, cool people and they've got all these books and they seem to know what they're doing. And then they would send us their submissions. The new ones that we received, I have more come in by uh, referral. Some author has told their author friend, oh, I just got my book published by Paper Angel Press and they were really neat to work with. So you might want to consider mm -hmm. sending it to them. I don't know what our submissions would be like if we were able to do these events again. Because the other thing that we'll do at the events as well, since we're there in person, we'll mm -hmm. also say, come pitch your story here live. You're an author as well. What was the name of the book that you published? Building Baby Brother. Mm -hmm. It's available on Amazon and paperback, hardcover, digital and okay. we just finally, earlier this year, released the audio edition, which was very exciting. Good. That's available on Audible and iTunes. If they wanted to contact the press. The best way to do it is to go to the website and use the contact us form. Okay. Because there's a nice form there where they can check the little boxes, specifically what they're interested in. There's okay. submissions or more information or whatever. And that kind of helps guide the conversation.
what I hope to do in the near future is to have you on for some ask the publisher questions or oh. ask the editor questions that would be submitted by our listeners. That sounds like it could be a lot of fun. Thanks again to our guest, Stephen Radecki, Managing Editor of Paper Angel Press. Carnivals can hide dark secrets. Sean Conway is about to discover why. Carnival Farm by Lisa Jacob is about a young veterinarian bored with her work, who purchases a traveling carnival's petting zoo with the intent of nursing the neglected animals back to health. She doesn't realize she has involved herself with the very people who don't want her to succeed. Carnival Farm is available this month from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, Smashwords, and other online booksellers. Or support your local independent bookstores by ordering it through bookshop.org or indiebound.org. For more information, visit our website at paperangelpress.com slash carnival farm. We plan on publishing new episodes every second Wednesday of the month. Watch for new episodes around that time. Next time, we will have Paul S. Moore in an interview regarding his work, Stories in Glass, and The Alchemist's Daughter. Music is provided by Melody Loops. Additional sound effects by NASA. If you want to know more about small publishing in a big universe, visit our website at SPBU dash podcast.com tweet us at spbu dash podcast and like us on facebook at spbu dash podcast or you can search for small publishing in a big universe this podcast was recorded and edited by yours truly la jacob this month's episode was sponsored by paper angel press and its imprints water dragon publishing and unruly voices Thanks for listening and talk to you soon. That's why you can use Ether in the Skip Stream. Communicate across light years. Figure out where you are now, when a minute ago you were a light hour from here. It's like whatever's inside a wormhole without the nasty appetite of a black hole.